Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Eric Roges, and I'm the executive pastor here at Rolling Hills. We all have stories of thanksgiving in our lives. We have stories of God being faithful to our desires, answering our long-awaited prayers, or bringing hope when we had lost all hope. When we retell these stories of God's goodness in our lives, we cultivate a deeper sense of gratitude towards our Father for His continued faithfulness in fulfilling His promises to us. And that's what we're doing today. Today's message is all about God's goodness, kindness, and patience with us. Today is all about telling stories of thanksgiving. We're so glad you're listening. family. What an incredible morning already. I mean, there's so many stories that you just hear and celebrating baptism. I mean, that was so special and just a worship. God is in this place and I am so grateful that you're here. So grateful for everybody joining in online. You know, today we come to the conclusion of this great series. We've been in this series called Celebrating God's Goodness. And we're talking about how do we be thankful people? How do we be grateful people? Not just one day a year, but Every day, How do we live in the goodness and the grace of God and, and offer worship back to him with our lives? And so we've been walking through this letter in the Bible called 1 Thessalonians. And I want to just invite you, if you've got a Bible with you, if you want to turn with me there, or if you've got a mobile device, you can go to YouVersion. If you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app, and we've got the scriptures there for you as well. But we've been walking verse by verse through this letter of 1 Thessalonians. And it was a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church that he loved. It was a church back in Thessalonica, which was a big city, about 200,000 people there. It was on a trade route, and so it was a really popular place. But Paul went in Acts 17, we know he went and did a mission trip there. And he planted a church, and there there were Jews, and there were Greeks, and there were Gentiles, there were men. There were quite a few prominent women, it says, in the church. And and the church started to grow. It was thriving, and then added children, and lives were being changed. And now Paul's writing back to them, and he's just encouraging them. It's such an encouragement. This whole letter is such an encouragement. And so we've been walking verse by verse, and we get to chapter 5. And he says, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So what's he talking about? Well, if you go back to chapter 4, remember he was talking about the rapture. You know, whenever our time comes and, and we pass from this life to the next, that we immediately wake up in the arms of Jesus But at some point, Jesus will come back. And he'll come back. And he'll say, enough pain, enough suffering. And he'll take the church. We'll be raptured, those who are still alive here. And he says, that's going to happen like a thief in the night. Even Jesus says, you don't know when I'm coming back. And so what that says to us is, be ready. Right? I mean, be ready. Like, I mean, it could be today. And if you were to come back today, are you ready? You know, are you living your life in a way that you're ready to see Jesus? Are you living for the glory of God? Of God, if not, 
what changes do I need to make? You know, what do I need to do in my life so that I am ready for when he comes back? And so that's what he tells us. Hey, be ready. He says, while people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. And people who are like, hey, I don't even know. I don't, I'm just doing my own thing. And, and man, it's gonna happen. There will be a time that Jesus comes back. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. And so he starts to contrast people who don't know God, right? You're living in darkness to, to people who do know God. There's light, there's hope, there's peace. It's interesting, you know, when most people sin, right? You always wanna sin at night. It's always like, you know, when the lights are down, the lights are off. And so he says, hey, we do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Let us know what's going on. Let us be aware. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. And you could go in Ephesians and read about the armor of God, that every day we'd get up and we go, I'm ready for battle, right? Spiritual battle, I'm ready to engage. You know, I'm putting on the helmet and the breastplate. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Guys, that's an awesome verse right there, okay? God didn't appoint us to suffer wrath. You know, God wants us to have a relationship with him. God loves us with an everlasting love. God is drawing us to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you're doing. Paul's like, encourage people. That, that's the whole part of this, First Thessalonians. He's like, I just wanna encourage you, church, you're doing a great work. You're doing great things. Stay focused on the gospel. Stay passionate about serving Jesus. Make a difference for the glory of God. And then he gives these final instructions. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. So what's he talking about? We talk about the elders and the overseers, the deacons, the, the church staff that they would have at the different churches, right? There was church in Thessalonica or in Ephesus or Corinth. And he's like, hey, appreciate them. Guys, I gotta tell you, we have an incredible church staff here at Rolling Hills. I love our team. I mean, our church is only 18 years old and, and, and so many on our staff have been here like 13, 14, 15 years. I mean, we just stay together, we love serving together. We have incredible family ministry team. I mean, they're awesome worship team. I mean, we have incredible elders and deacons and overseers who serve our A6 and C3. And I just love serving God with such amazing men and women. Our core team, incredible community group leaders who get their house cleaned once a week, right? To get people over, you're like, I gotta get ready, gotta get cleaned up, you know? I mean, it's the sacrifice people make and Paul was going, hey, just acknowledge that. Good job. And then he says, live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and, and, and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. He's like, encourage those. It, to me, it's like Paul's being like a coach right here, right? Uh, my kids all play sports, so we had like a big sports weekend. We had soccer, we had basketball, we had volleyball, we're running around. But watching their coaches, right, they're coaching them, and they're going, hey, good job, you're doing great. I oh, know, that was a bad pass, that's okay, you know, we'll get it back, right? Or, or good shot, keep it going, keep it going. 
That's the job. That's what Paul's doing here. Good job, church. You're doing it. You're living it. Way to go. Keep it up. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. Wow. Man, in our society today, woo, that's people pay back wrong for wrong, right? Somebody says something, it's like, I got to get revenge. I gotta, he's like, no, 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 stop. Why? Don't escalate that. Stop that. Nobody pays back wrong for wrong. But always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. And then these three short verses, we're going to unpack them in just a second. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In verse 19, he says, do not quench the spirit. What does that mean? Do not quench the spirit. Here's what it means. When you become a Christ follower, right, when you place your faith in Jesus, God places his Holy Spirit in you. Now the Holy Spirit is the one who guides you, leads you. So now you have this conscience, right? There's something you're getting ready to do and you're like, uh, shouldn't do that, right? Or you're getting ready to say something and the Holy Spirit's going, oh, hold on. They would call that a check in your spirit. Check in your spirit, right? I don't need to escalate this argument. I don't need to go down this path, right? That's the Holy Spirit. Well, after a while, if you keep saying no to the Spirit, you're gonna harden your heart, right? So if the Spirit is speaking to you, the Spirit's going, hey, be baptized, be baptized, and you're like, no, 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 no. After a while, you're heart, you know, join the church. No, 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 right? You know, talk to your kids about Christ. No, 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 right? Hey, send a text, send an email to somebody, encourage them. No, 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 you know, and after a while, you're quenching the Spirit. And God's going, just trust me. I got great plans for you. My Holy Spirit is guiding you. The best of your life is still to be, but live by the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, right? Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. So he's saying what you hear, test it. Like when you hear a sermon, you know, make sure it lines up with the Word of God. When you hear a podcast, when you hear things on the news or social media, test it. Make sure it aligns with God's Word. And then... <laughs> May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Now this ties back to chapter four. You remember, he says it's God's will that you be sanctified. What is that? That's sanctification. That's that your life looks more like Jesus. So, think about this in your own mind. Is your life looking more like Jesus? Not that you're there yet, it's a lifelong process, but do you look more like Christ than you did maybe a week ago, or a year ago, or five years ago, or 10 years ago? Do you find yourself in situations where you're going, yeah, I probably would have responded negatively, but now I'm starting to respond differently. I'm probably responding out of love. I'm probably responding out of grace. And that's not me, that's God working in me. That's him sanctifying me. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. He will do it. Hey, take heart. He is faithful. He's been faithful in the past. He's taken care of you. Think about all the ways God's provided for you. He will be faithful in the future. He will be faithful to you. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. I love that Paul says pray for us. You know, Paul wasn't like, hey, I'm on my own. I don't need prayer. No, Paul's like, I need prayer. We all need prayer, right? And you can ask people to pray for you. We write cards. Hey, pray for me. Pray for this that's going on in my life. Ask people. People will pray with you. They'll pray for you. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. Like, wow. You know, when I was in high school, 
You know, you have a cute girl in youth group, and you're like, hey, this is what it says, right? You know, it's like, she's like, what? You know, it's scripture. I don't know. I didn't write it. I mean, it's just like, what? But, you know, now here's what it means, though. Here's what it means. An Eastern culture, right, you would, you would kiss on the right and the left on the cheek. And that was a sign of affection. That was a sign, hey, we're committed to one another. And he's saying in the church, you got Jews, you got Gentiles who didn't like each other, you got Greeks, you got Romans coming in, you got all these men and women who were outside the church, there was division, but he goes inside the church, there's not. We're all on the same team, man. Love each other, love each other, watch out for one another, greet one another, right? I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Maybe you just want to underline that last verse, okay, because I love this right here. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. You know what that means? You're not condemned. You don't have to live with shame. You don't have to live with guilt. You know, before Christ, that's what we did. We lived with all this guilt for the things we did. We lived with this shame. We lived in condemnation. And it says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hey, live in grace. You are forgiven, you are redeemed, you are restored, you are a new creation. Live in that kind of grace, live in that kind of confidence. God is with you, God is for you. Way to go, church. Man, I love that, I love that. All right, hey, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. So if you've got a worship guide, if you are online, you can go to that Rolling Hills app and you can pull up a section where you can take some notes with us today. But man, get this today, it is so good as we're celebrating God's goodness. Rejoice always, right? Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So we're just gonna pull out these three verses right here and a lot of people wanna know, hey, what's God's will for my life? And God goes, well, here it is. You rejoice always, you pray continually, you give thanks and I'll take care of the rest. You live life in me, you live life in the spirit. I will lead you, I will guide you. So let's break that down. Rejoice always. Rejoice, right? The joy, the joy of the Lord. Rejoice always. There is a difference between joy and happiness. There's a difference. A lot of times you talk to people and you're like, well, hey, how things going? It's good. Okay, well, what do you want to do with your life? I don't care as long as I'm happy. Okay, you're right. Big ambition, right? You know, it's like, well, what about your kids? I don't care what they do as long as they're happy. You're kind of like, okay, wow, what, they're just gonna get a chair and go sit on a beach somewhere? I mean, like, what, what does that mean? Like, what do you want? I mean, to me, like, I, I want my kids to be bold. I want them to be courageous. I want them to live for Jesus. I want them to make a difference in their day and their generation. I, I want to do that in my life, right? And some of us, some of the challenges that we have gone through in our life, there were times, man, it was hard. But man, I look back and I go, okay, God brought me through that and I learned from that. And man, thank you, God. You know, there is a difference between joy and happiness. There's a big difference. Here's the reason. Here it is. Happiness is based on circumstances, but joy is based on Christ. Happiness is based on circumstances, right? When, when everything's perfect in my life, then I'm going to be happy. And so people aren't ever happy because everything's not perfect, right? It's always, when I win the lottery, I'm going to be happy. <laughs> Good luck, right? You know, I mean, you know, when, when I get that raise, I'm going to be happy. When I get that new car, I'm going to be happy, right? for six months until another one comes out, right? When I get that new iPhone, I'm gonna be happy until the 13 comes out. And then they're like, oh, no, it's better. It's not, oh, now I gotta have that. I gotta have that. It's like, it's all this elusive goal that just keeps moving down the field. And we're always striving, we're always striving. But here's the beautiful part about joy. Joy is based on Christ. 
And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when you wake up, you go, I can rejoice today. God is with me. God is for me. My eternity is secure. God has blessed me. I'm going to live with joy. Yeah, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to pursue those things, you know, and I want to do great. But man, my joy is in the Lord. That's how Nehemiah could write. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hey, do you have that kind of joy? See, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. When you're in Christ, God places his Holy Spirit in you, right? And the evidence is the fruit of the Spirit. It's like you look at the orange tree, right? Remember the orange tree? You look at the orange tree and you go, hey, it has oranges on it, so it's an orange tree. You look at a person's life and you go, wait a minute, the fruit of their life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, against those things there is no law. So in your life, in your life, are you seeing more of that? Are you seeing the fruit? Rejoice always, always means always. <laughs> you can go look it up in the Greek, it means always, okay? I'm just telling you, and you're going, well, I can rejoice sometimes, but it's hard to rejoice other times. He's like, hey, when you keep going to the Lord, whoo, there's a joy that comes. That's how Paul could be in prison and write the most joyful letter to the Philippians. That's how Paul can go through tough times and still say, hey, have joy. God's at work. Because Paul knew God's doing something bigger. God is sovereign. God's at work. God's doing something in my life, but God's gonna use his circumstances to make a difference for his glory. I love what Frederick Beekner wrote. He wrote this. The world is full of suffering indeed. And to turn our backs on it is to work a terrible unkindness, maybe almost more on ourselves than on the world. But life is indeed also to be enjoyed. I suggest that may even be the whole point of it. I more than suspect that is why all the sons of God and daughters shouted for joy when he first brought it into being. God wants you to enjoy life. God created you. God put breath in your lungs to enjoy and to celebrate his goodness. Guys, this week it's Thanksgiving and and maybe you've got family coming in town or maybe you're getting ready to travel. And I just want to encourage you, enjoy it. Have a great week. Even if you burn the turkey, it's okay, right? <laughs> Even if you drop a casserole, it's all right. Even if the kids draw on the walls, it's okay. You can fix it later. Enjoy it. Those things can be fixed. Embrace the moments. We get so stressed out and so uptight that I think we miss the beautiful part of life. And God wants us to rejoice always, always. Look at this one. Pray continually. Pray continually. Hey, prayer changes things and prayer changes us. You know, when you pray continually, right, you invite God in and, and God does miracles and we see things happen all the time. But, but prayer is also in the process of changing us, making us more dependent on the Lord, making us trust and learn and grow. Hey, prayer invites God's power and his presence into a situation. God's power. Think about this. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's alive in you. Hello. I mean, you talk about power, that's Holy Spirit power. That is God can do miracle power. That means that no situation is hopeless. There is a God who can redeem. There is a God who can restore. There is a God who can heal. And there's a God who's just saying, hey, you invite me in and watch what will happen. You invite me in. Pray continually. Look, do you pray about a situation first 
or do you try to solve it? <laughs> Most of us in this room, man, we want to solve it, right? We want to fix it, whether it's our marriage or whether it's our dating life or whether it's uh, our kids or whether it's you know, our future. We want to solve it. But what if we stop every time that something happened and we just go, let me pray about that first. Let me bring that to God first. Let me put my faith in God first. Then God's gonna call me and go before me and use me, but, but, but let me pray about that. Hey, do you pray? Hey, develop an ongoing relationship with God. See, that's what prayer does, you know? When you have a best friend, don't, don't you, you talk to your best friend, don't you, right? You listen to your best friend. You, you spend time with your best friend. That's how your friendship grows. The same thing with God. When you pray, prayer is not just talking. Prayer is not just like, God, I need something. I'm desperate, right? Prayer is listening. Prayer is listening. Prayer is developing that ongoing communication. You don't just have to pray on Sunday mornings at church. It's not the only time you pray. You can pray anytime, continually. There's a guy in the Old Testament named Enoch. I love this guy, Enoch. You know, it says that he walked with God. He walked with God. And then one day he was no more. <laughs> I think God just goes, hey, Enoch, why don't you just come to my house today? You know, we've been walking and talking. And it's, just come on over. I mean, it's just special. That's the relationship. It's not religion. It's a relationship that God wants to have with you. All right. And then notice this one. Give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks. Look, we give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. Big difference. Big difference, because there's some things that are really hard in this world. We live in a broken, fallen world. But in the middle of it, in the middle of it, in it, we can be thankful. We can be thankful that God's with us. Always have an attitude of gratitude. Always have an attitude of gratitude. You know when you do something for somebody, and then you don't hear back from them or anything, you're kind of like, uh, I thought that was really nice. You know, it's like, hey, just checking on, man, did you get that meal? Right, you know, like, yeah, I was just wondering, you know, like, you know, you're going to do it anyway, right? Or you do stuff for your kids, and you're like, well, that was really nice. You, know? <laughs> you don't have to say thank you. I'm going to do it for you anyway. But, but if you do say thank you, it kind of helps. You know, just kind of like, yeah. And God's the same way. He's our Heavenly Father. He blesses us. He takes care of us. He provides for us. He protects us. But man, when we just stop sometimes and go, thank you, <laughs> I think it just boost his heart. It's like, I would do it for you anyway. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. I care about you. I'd do it for you. But, but when you say thank you, mm, it just means something. Develop that attitude of gratitude. Hey, are you a thankful person? I remember being at Disney a couple years ago, and there was a guy walking around with a grumpy shirt on, you know. I was just like, dude, you're Disney. I mean, like, why, why are you grumpy? I mean, I mean, I know, you probably spent a lot of money. I get it. But, you know, like, come on, this ought to be like a happy time, right? You know, you got a different shirt. I mean, it's like, but there's some people who are just like, that's who they are. You're just grumpy. I'm like, come, why? You, you live in the most incredible place in the world. I mean, like, you're blessed beyond measure, right? The Bible says do everything without complaining or arguing. You know, as you grow, we ought to grow in our thankfulness. As you mature in Christ, we ought to be more grateful more thankful. So, what are you thankful for this Thanksgiving? What are you thankful for this Thanksgiving? Church, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for all God is doing in his church. It is incredible. Now, I want you to hear this morning from uh, two friends of mine, Ron and Jill Francofort, and I want them to come up and just share a little bit of their story 
Uh, you guys may remember three years ago, we launched our For the Kingdom campaign. And, and you know, building out middle school space and high school space and children's space and the next generation and, and Nolansville and Nashville, and it's all been incredible. But really, it's all been about changed lives. It's been about seeing God do miracles in people's hearts and lives. And so I want you to hear a little bit from Ryan and Jill. Thank you guys for sharing today. Hey, yeah. tell us a little about yourselves. So I'm Jill. I am from Ohio, a small town outside of Dayton, Ohio. Went to the University of Kentucky. Yeah. Go Big Blue. <laughs> um, Ryan and I are coming up on 10 years of marriage mm -hmm. in March. We have two children, Kennedy and Mason. Kennedy is eight and Mason is seven. Mm. And I work at the Rolling Hills Learning Center. Yay. It's awesome. So I'm Ryan. Um, grew up in Buffalo. And I work for an engineering company. I'm not an engineer. I sell software. Engineering companies use software. Um, yeah, and we're just, we're, we're thankful to be up here and to get to share with you all. Mm, that's awesome. Hey, tell us a little bit about what God's been doing in your life over the last couple of years. Yeah, God's been, God's been busy in our lives in the last <laughs> couple of years. Um, so when I think of everything that's happened to us, I think of persistence, and I think about two people, Dave and Courtney Evans, who we became friends with outside of church, and they continually asked us to come to church. Mm. And Jill, I, I grew up Catholic. Jill grew up Lutheran. Um, so we said, okay, you know, we'll check it out. And we came, and we saw the kids' ministry. Um, you know, for me, the first, the first time I came worship, I hadn't experienced that. I was, you know, I sat back and went, okay, all right. Um, but they persisted to ask us to come. So we continued to come, and then the men's retreat happened in 2019, and Dave persisted to ask me to go to the men's retreat, and I said, okay, what's a men's retreat, right? What do you do? So I went, and that was, I mean, that was life-changing. Um, you know, God placed his spirit on me that day. I realized what worship was. Um, I got emotional during worship. And I immediately went home, and it just, it, it was a conversation that just blossomed one afternoon when I got home with Jill about where, what we were going to do with our faith and the next steps we were going to take. Mm. It's been incredible. Well, tell me about that, because you guys had a conversation, and then you guys were baptized, you know? Yep, yep. so we had a conversation. Um, we decided together that baptism is something we wanted to do um, to show our, our love and declaration of, you know, where we were going to move forward next and following Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So we, we did that, and then um, it was awesome. It was February 16th, 2020, and then God has just continually shown up, right? Sprinkled little things and things that we never thought would happen. A community group, right? Somebody would go, oh, you should join a community group. And we'd sit there and go, oh, community group, okay. Mm, I don't know about that. So we joined a community group, right? You listen to God. We did a community group, met wonderful people. And then God said, you know, he brought to us, why don't you lead a community group? And we're going, oh, okay, let's talk about this. We're going to lead a community group. And you do, hey, if you do lead a community group, it's phenomenal. You get to clean your house once a week or once a month. <laughs> Once a week, yeah, um, it's wonderful. Um, so, and then it was on to the next thing, right? Like, why don't you serve? Oh, what's serving about? So again, he just, he's persistent to get your, to, 
to let you know he's out there and to fill that hole that you have. And I grew up with that hole in my heart. And, the, and once I accepted Jesus, I mean, it's, you hear people talk about that to, to actually experience like something physically healing inside of you. It's an incredible thing. And I'm, I'm just grateful to be able to have a God that loves us, continues to push us forward. Um, and yeah. Wonderful. That's awesome. Well, tell us, just recently, I mean, a few weeks ago, you guys had the privilege to uh, baptize your daughter. Talk about that. Yeah, so like Ryan said, we were baptized together in February of 2020, so we had the privilege of our children mm. seeing us get baptized, which was great. So, of course, they had a lot of questions, and, you know, we talked to them about it. Fast forward a year later, and Kennedy had told us that she had accepted Jesus into her heart. So we met with Kenley, the kids pastor, mm -hmm. and talked with her about everything. And then we continued to pray, talk about it over the summer. And then just a few weeks ago, Ryan and I had the privilege to mm -hmm. baptize Kennedy. So we're praying daily that um, we are able to do the same thing with Mason. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, you guys, what are you thankful for today? So today we're grateful that God had led you and Lisa mm. to plant Rolling Hills Church. Mm. Um, everything has changed for Ryan and I. Our marriage, parenting, our friendships. My parents are here. Um, so we're super grateful. Yeah, and I echo that. And I'm grateful again that God doesn't give up, right? God will never give up on you. And the people he puts around you and the people that you may influence that can get you to a place where it's just a better life. And it's, it's, it's amazing. And we're so, so thankful for that and for the people he's put around us. So, yeah, thank you. Amen. Well, we're thankful for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. That's what God wants to do for each of us, right? Change our hearts and our lives, bring healing and hope into us and change our families. And, and we're a part of that. We're a part of something special. So what are you thankful for today? As you thankful for all the things in your life, as you just think about, man, I hope and pray that this Thanksgiving is not just about, you know, family and football and, you know, food. It, you really can be thankful. You really stop to be thankful. And for those of us here who are in Christ, man, what a privilege in Jesus, the hope that we have. This life is not all that there is, that the best is still to come. And so I wanna invite you, if you have the communion elements, to take those with me as we share the Lord's Supper today. If you're at home, go ahead and go to the kitchen and get some bread and some wine to share together with the family. Um, but Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he brought his disciples together, just like we are together right now. And they shared the Passover meal. They shared the Passover meal. Um, if you still need some elements, we have some of the ushers that'll just raise your hand. They'll bring them to you right here. And, and as they gathered around and they're looking and they're saying, well, all the other things are here, but where's the Passover lamb? And Jesus is like, I am the Passover lamb. I'm the one who comes to take away the sins of the world. So he took the bread, and I wanna invite you to take the bread and after he'd given thanks, he, he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. For you, personal. 
not just for the world, not just for those who are religious, for you. Think about that. That there was somebody who was willing to die for you so that you could have a relationship with God. You could have eternity with the Father. This is my body broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of him. And after supper, he took the cup. He said, this cup is the new covenant. Before you were under the old covenant, the law. You sinned, you messed up, you were out. Now there's a new covenant. It's called grace. Grace. Remember that? That's how 1 Thessalonians end. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That you are not condemned. That you don't have to live in guilt. You don't have to live in shame. You can live forgiven. You can live redeemed. You can live restored because of the grace of God through Jesus. Take and drink in remembrance of him. And Jesus said, for when you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So I want to ask you just to bow your head for a moment. And what are you thankful for today? Would you just take a moment to tell God that you're thankful for Jesus? Maybe you just want to say thank you, God, for family, for friends. Thank you, God, for hope, for joy, for peace. Our worship team is going to come and lead us in a, a song for us to be able to sing as we just celebrate God's goodness right here, right now. So, Father God, meet us in this moment and change us forever. God, let us be, let us be a joyful people. <laughs> let us be a prayerful people. Let us be a thankful people, God, every day because of what we've received in Christ. Because your mercies are new every morning, God. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you for protecting us, God, through a global pandemic. Thank you, God, for, for protecting our kids. And thank you, God, for providing food and for clothes and for shelter. Thank you, God, for all the things that you do. But we thank you most of all for the gift of your son and whose love and grace we could come today and worship. You're our heavenly father, and we give you all the praise. Thank you, God, for Thanksgiving. And we are thankful for you. In your name we pray and we worship right now. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.